right, welcome back to the What Is She Now, What's She Up To Now podcast with me, Laura McKechnie. We are on episode five um, and my guest today is Andrew Forrest. I'm sure you'll all heard William talking about Andrew on our all our social media channels. Um, so today he's actually home just now for Christmas. He's heading back to the States just shortly. Um, so I thought I'd grab him um, and have a wee chat with him all about attachment company in America and basically how he also got to America. So... Um, Andrew, just as I've said, you're responsible for the attachment company in the USA. But before all of that, yeah. how did you get to America? Um, so, I, well, if we go right back to the start, I suppose. Yep. I was obviously big into playing football. So that was really my only <coughs> like goal, I suppose, when I was younger. Um, all through school, so I played as you would have known for Motherwell, or from, basically all through high school. Uh, so I, I was like 10 or 11, all through to 17. Right. So the whole time at school, like that was the whole, I suppose, goal was to just see where that went. Like I wasn't really, I don't know, you know how some people are like, their singular focus is like one thing. Yep. And to be honest, if you're going to like be a footballer, that's probably how you need to be. But mm-hmm. I was like like that to an extent, but still like tried at school. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just been in that off type yeah. thing. So that was I for all through school. That was my whole thing, just playing football, focusing on school, and that was it. Really, mm-hmm. never really had any thoughts about moving anywhere. Really, yeah. Just could sort of see what happened, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> it would have been. When you get to obviously like the end of school, so I done all six years when I was in sixth year. Uh, well, I was young for my year, so I would have been only sixteen or seventeen. Seventeen and sixth year. Right. right okay. Uh huh. So then, basically, when you get to that, when you get to like in the academies and the pro youth, when you get to like seventeens, usually it goes to then full time after that. All oh, right. Okay. So like the folk, they just leave school and go and play full time. The so you see on a Saturday on the telly and stuff uh-huh. like that yeah, okay. well and a lot of them you don't even see so you'll oh, go right, for okay. like 17s uh, well it all changed but it, it used to be like under 17s to under 20s so it was oh, like right, a okay. three age groups basically all together all together and that was all full time so mm-hmm. like Motherwell would have a team they would play in the development league against like Celtic and Rangers and it's all all full time but you and then if you're good enough you'll play for the first team uh-huh. um, but basically so it would have been in my last year, technically. They were actually quite good in a sense that they told me quite early on, like, instead of waiting until May when you're finishing school and the season's finishing, mm-hmm. that, like, you're not getting a contract. Point, like, yeah. they told me... Like, it was before Christmas, around about Christmas time, maybe before, um, that basically I wasn't getting a full-time contract at okay. Motherwell. Uh-huh. <coughs> but... I could, they had like connections at different places. So then I basically went on trial at Airdrie, played for Airdrie for like a few months, but then around about all that time was when Anne sort of said, or John actually, I think it was, mm-hmm. who's obviously our uncle in Florida, said about going out to, to the US, the fact that you can do like, you can do school and uni both together rather than I applied for uni here uh, at West of Scotland and like mm-hmm. if I could just have played for Airdrie and obviously went there yes and that would have been fine and you still never know you still might become like the football could still you could get signed by somebody else yeah. uh-huh. um, but the whole thing obviously in America is that it's college sports is all in one so then round about all that time uh we got in touch with a company in Glasgow that basically that's what they do. So they'll they'll take players and they make videos and they make like a profile basically, com- combined with your football and all your exam results and all that sort of stuff, and put together like a profile. Then go to different colleges and speak to them. Did you approach them or uh, are they almost like them. a kind of scout they're, type? Well, they're more an agency. Like they're, I think most people will go to them. Mm-hmm. Like, and you obviously you pay them, but then, and then you could go to them and they have like an open trial and then they narrow it down for there because obviously right. they only take people that they, and they pretty much guarantee you that you're going to get a, uh, like an offer. Uh-huh. And that's, that basically is the terms, like, so 
when you go to the first open thing, there might be like a mm. hundred players. Wow. And then they'll narrow it down, and then you hear back, and it's like then the next game you go to, there'll only be like twenty players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I they pretty much straight after that they and they know I would say probably before you go because you fill out online like who you've played for what oh, okay, they know, yeah. they'll probably know what level you're at before you mm-hmm. go. But then so I went to one of them, and then they called us in. Uh, to their office in Glasgow, like me and mum and dad. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, we basically we could definitely get you something. Um, by, like, here's all the details, like, here's how, basically how much it is, here's how it all works. Because obviously at that time you have no idea of, like, what's... No. Uh, no idea whatsoever. So then I, ever since that was all about the same time, and that was kind of that, or no dad's idea, but, like... I suppose philosophy always having a backup plan so that yeah. kind of was a backup plan uh, so then when it happened out that obviously the football here never really worked out I was like well we'll just go for that then and then that was it really like the <clears throat> once you decide you're going for it like they uh, they have a bunch of like uh, days where you go and they, they film all the games and that so you'll have like a team of trialists or a, our team that was all trying to go to America against like just another team. Mm-hmm. They would film it and then make you. Uh, so we done do that a few times and then basically I like that's coinciding with obviously finishing school. Yeah. Um, and then they come back to you with like basically a bunch of offers as far as different unis. Different, obviously because uni there is quite expensive, different like this one's X amount a year, but they'll cover half of it. Uh-huh. Or, but it's in this nice place. Or mm-hmm. like, here's another one that's like more expensive. They'll pay it all, but it's maybe not as much. So, and then it was just that was it. Yeah. As the universities over there, do they, do they have a look at you and say, yeah, like we'll put this yeah. is offer for him? Yeah. Or is it just totally up to the agents? Uh, no, it's up to the school. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what the agency get. They guarantee you an offer. Uh-huh. They don't guarantee you like how good it's going to be. Right, so okay. like if the school's thirty grand a year, like you, mm-hmm. they might only pay like five. Right. Okay. The school, so mm-hmm. you'd be responsible for twenty five, and they that's yeah, the that's the thing. Like some agencies, as far as I'm aware, they, they won't even do that. They won't even guarantee you they'll get an offer because it is right. completely mm-hmm. it's hard, obviously. But they they guarantee you'll get you one, and but they just don't obviously know how much it's going to mm-hmm. be. It just depends how much that coach, how good they think you are, basically. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, and that, and then combined with your, uh, like, your academics mm-hmm. idea, because you you can get a, a lot of them, and mine was made up of, like, half academic scholarship and half oh, right, okay. uh, sports. Mm-hmm. So, that, I get that's another thing that they sort of tell you, because obviously you've still got exams coming up mm-hmm. at that time yeah so it's, you don't just want to basically bend them off because again like my the unit i ended up going to was i think it started at like fifth basically 30 grand a year um and my scholarship like more or less paid for it all mm-hmm. besides like some of them what they talk about like a full ride would be like cover that Plus all your housing, plus like just everything. All, everything. Yeah. You'd literally wouldn't pay a single thing. Wow. Mine was like they covered the bulk, but we still had to like pay for the housing. Uh huh, yeah. Um, Which is I, crazy, I might money, considering here you don't pay, like for your, if you're first getting undergraduate, you don't. No, I mean, it's 120 crazy. grand basically to get a degree. Yeah. And that's no including housing. Mm-hmm. And then depending if you live on campus or how much that is and, mm-hmm. yeah. and all that. So I. Again, all these things we never really knew, and that's that's why some folk go out just through like if if somebody knew me and I was there and I could like say to your coach like I know this guy's good like get mm-hmm. him out yeah um, then that person wouldn't need to go through an agency really, oh, right, and they okay, would save uh-huh. a whole bunch of hassle yeah or money but the agencies are good because they've done it a million times so they they help you with all the visa stuff they help yeah. you with. They help you with even just telling you what levels are what. Like, there's so many different, like, there's Division One, Two, and Three. There's like junior colleges. There's all these different things. And there's that a you, lot. you wouldn't even know. Yeah. Um. So it is quite good for that sense. But I knew a lot of people that didn't do that. They just went through a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, so, but that is what you pay them for, obviously. Uh huh. Um. And then I so they basically came back and 
I did have like a few other places to go, but once the one came up, and a lot of it, now that you've been through it and see how it all works, like a lot of it's like anything else, so it's just connections. Yes. So like a coach, so our coach um, at CBU in Memphis was English. Uh-huh. Because you met him, didn't yes, you? Yes, uh-huh, yeah, we and went he, for dinner. Uh, that's right. <laughs> And I he, can't remember where we went, but yeah, no, we did go for dinner. Uh, but it was in like Daytona, I remember, because views were oh, out. Oh, that's right. And I was out. Yeah. And that was the first time we'd ever been. But but so he was English, and he obviously knew the the agency here is called United Sports. Right, okay. And he uses, I think, uses him quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So then they build up a thing, and then he knows that if they're sending him a player, that they're going to be quite good. Yes. And, and whatever. So then I, Clint basically... For what I can remember, like, and it all seems like ages ago, but it, it was like well the best offer yes. compared to all the other ones. Mm-hmm. And and he put us in touch with a couple of the people that were already there for over here, like one guy for England and a few other folk, just to sort of speak to them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, other than that, like, I spoke to him a few times, but obviously, we never went out to like look at the place. Yeah. We just kind of trusted like, them, really. Went based on. Uh, like more or less based on it, it's this amount and like but we are no having to really pay it yes, and like uh-huh. compared to okay. some of the other ones that we're going to be left with like quite a lot mm-hmm. to pay so um, where where was so that university like where did you that go that was in Memphis yep um, <clears throat> and it was just a small school so that's the other thing like obviously everyday things when you go out like you s- or you might see things on telly or whatever and it's like these big massive units yeah, uh-huh. and, and that is like so that would be Mostly what would be D1, like Division 1. Oh, right, okay. So there's there's more, but there's basically 1, 2, and 3 is like the two, the three main. So that would be the NCAA, like the National College Association. Are you, the divisions is for the football? All sports. All sports, so, oh, okay. And more based on the size of the school. Like, so, like, UCF and USF and Florida, all the big yeah. ones, like, they all be D1 for every sport because it's just money and it's just yeah. they've got facilities they've got everything so mm-hmm. that's what people kind of think of obviously right okay and, and D2 which is what our school was like it's just not the same scale mm-hmm. like it's just everything's just scaled down yeah. like it's not the fact that even it's not even the fact that the players are not as good it's just maybe maybe either not as good students or like they're no they're really good at football but they're not that good an athlete yeah because a lot of Americans are like really good athletes mm-hmm. So like that, there don't like there is different levels even in within D two obviously good uh-huh. teams and bad teams but like a D it's like a, it's like here like a second division team can still be a first division yeah of team. course aye aye um, so aye it was just D two but and the United Sports guy basically said that he that he recommended for me like based on what they seen like if you if you get a D two school you'll basically have way more chance of playing every game uh-huh. and you'll they'll be probably be willing to pay more than like a going to a D one where yes. your nose important. Which once you go out there and you see the difference, you would like going to D one like would be way better probably. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But then also like I'd rather play for a good D two team that like wins every week. That and you're playing all the time. You're playing all the time. You're mm-hmm. one of like the better players and like they've put quite a lot of trust in you so you're yep. like and then I like I, if it was between like a D one team that loses every week, but you have a nice pitch and you have all the nice gyms and you yeah. have like I would much rather play for like a wee school that's mm-hmm. good. So that thankfully we were quite good. Um, but all these things you just don't even really know. It's just Until pure you get there. luck yeah. to where you end up. To be honest, just this is kind of a wee sort of side note. You're saying about Americans really athletes, and obviously we knew a little bit about the school school system with F, like Williams and Anne's friend Jill being there I think maybe not necessarily sports related as such but I just think the school system like high school the opportunities there's more opportunities there than they have here Aye Um, Did you find find that like I don't know like the players are maybe a bit more advanced is maybe not the right word but maybe an all round Well an all rounder as opposed to just be, yeah, they're good at football or they're good at golf or they're good at athletics, for example. Uh, um, there was a mix, to be fair. Like, we had yeah. some people that were 
no really interested in like the uni side. Yeah, they just want to play football. Just get like the easiest degree, and a little bit like it. what you see in American films when they like the American football team, like the quarterback and all that. Yeah, yeah. When they go to high they're school, no, they're, they're, they're no like, interested. No, they're no interested. Yeah, yeah. And that that is, for the big sports like basketball and football, that's probably way more the case. Of, like, because they can, I mean, they can become a. Like, if they get to the NFL, like, it doesn't yeah. matter. The same way here, like... No. So, no. and if you're going to... If you're, like, the best... If you're, like, the best quarterback in high school and then you're the best quarterback in college, like, your chances are you're probably going pro Aye. anyway. So yeah. they, they do kind of... I think there's things that you're not supposed to... Well, you set, you have to keep a certain grade to even just be eligible to play. Oh, right, OK. So you have to pass, basically. Mm-hmm. But then... And there's a whole load of things that like big schools that like scandals where yeah, they like uh-huh. they get other people to take their tests for them right that does go on aye okay it's not just Do, in I the don't movies. know how much now or like <laughs> but aye and majorly that, and, and I mean it's like no aye it's no wonder because like especially football like you've seen is like college football is it's crazy it's, it's mental and it, to think that you're going out and playing in front of like 90,000 and you're like the main man, mm-hmm. like, you're not going to class on Monday. No. After that. <laughs> no. Like, that's like the Gators, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. the college football, which yeah, it like, is crazy in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's like way bigger. Than, and that's what I'm oh, saying. That's huge. what everybody thinks about when you would tell them that you're going out. Like, mm. that's what they think you're going to. And also, football's not as big. But like, even your big D1 schools now, like, they'll get like a decent attendance in that, mm-hmm. maybe like a few thousand people at big games. Yeah, uh huh. Um, and then playoffs and things like that, but like, obviously the bulky is know that. <laughs> but uh. from your time, like, <coughs> I must admit, when I was like before, obviously I met William, obviously yourself and things. I didn't know much about. I didn't really think my perception of like soccer or our football here was a thing in America. Yeah. Um, do you think? Well, you've been in the states for nearly ten years. Yeah, as much. Well, is it getting more? Aye, uh, as much. Well, in. I think even when I went, it was already getting way bigger. Yeah. Um, and you see, like, a lot of, uh, like, parents get their kids into it mm-hmm. sooner. Because yeah. it's, like, one, obviously, it's, like, the best thing as far as, like, like fitness yes. and everything. Whereas, like, American football, that's, like, no good for you, obviously. No, no, no. When you're a kid. I, and, like, I've seen a lot of things, like, just, oh, just rubbish t- American, like, TV programs I watch and things, and their husbands have got... Like, brain damage? Mm-hmm. And like basketball is obviously better, but like I mean, football is bad for you as well in terms of like knees and yeah, uh but like basketball because you are playing on hard ground all the time, like you a lot of knees are and a lot of them are obviously way taller, yeah. So and they're just taking a pounding on the knees and the ankles, so they that's not obviously the best for you. No, again, football can be the same, but I think I think they I think here they've stopped like kids under a certain age for headers and things yeah. so I know it's but definitely that's one thing I've noticed that like even in Memphis like there a lot of boys would sort of coach on the side to earn a wee bit and all right. like so many kids in that are like playing it mm-hmm. um, do you think this is just because I'd watched fairly recently like the David Beckham thing on Netflix mm-hmm. do you think when he went to he went to LA Galaxy yeah, first. Yeah, Do you think that maybe sort of raised probably. the profile? And the messy thing will be exactly oh, the same, yeah, if yeah. not even more. We like, didn't realise when we watched it how bad the pitch and everything was, and they were playing an old like on a like an American back football. From Beckham, the Beckham one. Uh huh. I've not actually foot- watched it. It's actually very good. Um, I see. You're not getting that now. Like it's all no. everybody's got. Some of them play in NFL stadiums, mm-hmm. uh, but they'll either like oh, maybe they don't even anymore, but they. Maybe they do, but they actually, I want to say they actually Get rid of the have numbers. a different pitch. Yeah. Like a, the pitch will come mm-hmm. in and out. That Whereas one they that used seen. to, we played on like football fields with all the yard markers and all that. That sometimes. must be confusing. Mm. Uh, yeah, that would confuse but, me. And, but I, it's no, and it's like, I, like all the big major cities have basically got a team and they'll get, like, I mean, Atlanta had a massive, they played, I think they played in a football stadium, but they would get, and a lot of it would be like, depending on where they are, like, a, lo- a lot of the, uh, like, support, to be fair, would come for, like, the Latin. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of Mexican yeah, people, uh-huh. a lot of South Americans that yep. have moved up to whatever. So, like, you'd see a lot of that, and especially in Atlanta and places in the South. Mm-hmm. But then they'll get, like, 
50,000 every week probably, if wow. not more. Uh-huh. Like, there's certain ones, like in LA, it'll probably be the same, mm-hmm. in New York. But like, so I, I, I don't know, I've no, like, I don't know for certain, but like it's definitely way bigger than, bigger it, than was, it's aye. ever been. And then yeah. I met like, I think the US, well the women's national team obviously that, a lot of girls play it, which is way different to here. Mm-hmm. Like we had a women's team, like so, I would say every, and this is getting way into the details, but every, so like Florida Gators actually don't have a men's soccer team. Oh right, okay. Because there's a thing called Title Nine, and it's and it's basically for equal opportunities between like girls and boys. Mm-hmm. So basically, they have to have the same amount of girls sports as the men's sports. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. But obviously, there's no women's American football. Is there not? No. Like anywhere. Uh, I don't. There's like the. I don't think so. Okay. Nothing serious. But nothing that same level anyway. No. No, okay. So like if you've got a, a football te- American football team, mm-hmm. you have to make that sport up somewhere else. Right. If you know what I mean, because mm-hmm. that's a, ma- a man's sport, you've no women. Yep. So a lot of times it'll be the, it'll be they'll have a women's soccer, but no men's. So a lot of it's weird. Like a lot of big schools, like mm-hmm. the Gators, have a women's team, but no a men's. Right. Okay. Which I I don't know why, but there are a lot of the big like a lot of the big f- American football teams or schools like. Florida mm-hmm. and Alabama and that don't have a men's soccer team. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I... Maybe I'll, like a historic kind of thing, like a, a Like, tradition. I mean, American football is just way more important. Yeah, so, oh, like, I, they'll yeah. sacrifice that. And and mm-hmm. then they'll maybe have, like, or, or other places, like we had... So we had men's and women's, but we didn't have American football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of small schools basically can't afford because you need, like, 60 players and you need, like... Yeah. This. So we would have, I'm trying to think, we had men's and women's everything more or less, but they only ha- we only had women's volleyball for some reason, and then so there must have been some somewhere else that we would only have had a, like a men's team mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep, yep. And it would try maybe not everything else. I think we had both, but aye, that's just one thing. So, mm-hmm. but then what we I noticed, and it's probably to do with the women's national team being as good. Which stems from more girls playing it for younger. Yeah. Is that like there's way more girls that play like at camps and training that that uh-huh. it's like half and half. Well, that's good to see though. I think here as well it's getting definitely. Way uh-huh. yeah. And obviously when I was teaching at school, at the school I taught at was predominantly for both sides um, was rugby and both and the girls actually were doing a lot better. Yeah. Than, than well, that's the, the whole men. thing in America. Everybody talks about like the women's national teams like way better than the men. Yeah. Not this mm-hmm. and which. Is actually true. true yeah. Like, uh-huh. uh, but I, so there's way more. Yeah, I always I find there's say. like this is just a bit of kind of random kind of statement. There's, I think it's maybe maybe it's just me. There's different countries you associate with certain sports, mm-hmm. and always when I was younger, like America was never one for football. It's the same with like I don't know. I can't imagine. I don't really know. I'm trying to think now. Other ones, like us playing. I don't know. I but I mean, most countries it's just football, like yeah. As as far as popularity, uh-huh. we would no really be like say known for being a football country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably think of, like golf when you think of Scotland, but yeah, like, uh-huh. that's not even that's just or Australia uh, playing aye rugby or cricket, uh, or, yeah, or Aussie like there's aye. So aye, America like it is. It's still way. It'll be like baseball, football, basketball, and mm-hmm. then soccer. Soccer, yeah. But then still, like, because of the sheer size of the place, like, it's no like, you need... Mm-hmm. I mean, if if 10% of people play football, well, then that's way... That's more people than... Yeah, because it's a huge country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so you've done the soccer. Um, yeah. And we obviously, we came out to see you on your last mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you then go from there? What happened in your final year? Yeah. Where, what was so, the next step? So that's the only thing I would say, like, when you go there, like, and you when you don't really know what you're getting into, is that, like, it's really hard to... Well, we're just talking about numbers of people playing. So, like, if you think of... I don't know how many D2 schools there'll be, but... I mean, if you think of the size of America... Yep. And every... So all the, all, every big city's got like, so we had, Memphis is not even a big city, but they had a big D1 school, which was Memphis. Then we were a small school and there was two or three other schools our size. 
So if you think at all these places and say they've all got a football team mm-hmm. by 25 players, obviously that's thousands yeah, of players. Yeah. Where it, the difference being like, you come for here, like everybody plays football when they're young. But the, if you think there's, I mean, there's 48 teams across like the top four leagues right, yep. just for Scotland. Uh-huh. I mean, there's only 5 million people in Scotland. So like that's probably way better odds than yeah, like than Ameri- in America. In the, in the MLS, there'll be I think there's thirty teams, and then the USL, which is like the league below that, which is still full time. Say there's so say there's like fifty teams, across the whole America yeah, that yeah. are full time. Everybody's so that's a thousand, like say, full time players, mm-hmm. across like the whole. So so I would say actually the odds are probably harder. Yeah. So like and. Again, you don't really think about all these things, but the, the the chances are like basically it's really hard to just keep playing. Yeah, like, uh-huh. they, they have like a draft and all that the way they do for the other sports. Mm-hmm. Which again, like unless you're if you're if you're like the best player in the whole like division two and you mm-hmm. score like hundred, you're basically in the team that wins the whole thing. Which we weren't. We we would get to like the playoffs, so we would we were like a top say like twenty five team. Uh-huh. But like if you. If you're like a top top D two school and you're one of the best players, you could maybe go to the MLS or at least USL. Uh-huh. But if uh, basically it's like anything else, you have to be the best of the best. So there's and the thing is, there's a lot of like again just because of the size of it and that like there's such a big gap between like you know how here like you can there's levels for every like yeah you can keep playing no matter what level mm-hmm. you're at. Whereas there, like, there's a massive gap between, like, the top and then, like... So a lot of players finish playing at uni and then there's nowhere really to go. Right, OK. Like, you can just have, like, a Sunday league team or mm-hmm. whatever. But there's... Other than that, there's nowhere really to keep playing. So, but then, obviously, you've got a degree at uh, that yes, side. Yes, uh-huh. So, and, like, I suppose the argument is here, like, of all the people that I know that did get full-time contracts here, like, mm-hmm. no many of them are actually still, still playing. playing. So, and, and they've they not went to uni. Yeah. Because they've went full time. Because if I got offered a full time thing, I probably would have took it. Yep. But a lot of people, so you're 16, you might go full time for like two years and then you get released. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you're probably not then going to uni. Because two years out of school. Yeah. So, like, that's the other, the one good thing. So, I, I basically had, I started applying for jobs and I'd had like internships, they call it, which is in the summers and just like summer and then part time. To get experience, and obviously I done mechanical engineering, uh-huh. and then so I had engineering like internships in that, which were, which were all right, and then none of them, I had one, at the time like so the summer well, it would have been the summer before my last year, and then I I sort of worked at it part time because you can do it while you're still. So oh, right, okay, uh-huh, yeah. Um, and that was for a company called ABB. Do you know the people that make they make like. They make robots and that, but they make like a lot of electrical like circuit breakers and panels. Oh, right, okay, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Like, you'll you'll see their names on uh-huh. stuff. Yep. Um so I did some stuff with them and then up to like basically all the way up to graduation. Uh and then I never really had they never really committed to like if there was gonna be anything like full time. Okay. So then that <laughs> That's where it all becomes a long story with the connections, basically, for here. Yeah. But then ended up, obviously, working for Augertorp, mm-hmm. who uh, build, obviously, all the augers and stuff that, at that time, William had probably no long started selling here. No, because then, wait, what that year was did you... 2018. So it would have been yeah. a few years. William but had, no long. Yeah, no, William had only really started with Augertorp 16, just... Yeah. So he, water, it, it was, it was all, it all came from when mum and dad were out for graduation, and I think William and dad had been talking about like, oh, maybe we can start doing bits and pieces over there, as in buying some stuff and try to yep. sell it, and then, so, the dad ended up speaking to James, who was at Auger Talk USA basically, mm-hmm. and about that, which I, and then it was just for a conversation like me and dad, were, I never had anything lined up like this was like, after graduation like don't know really what I'm doing yeah and it was like well maybe you could speak to James and see like if they need anybody 
uh, on like the engineering side, mm-hmm. and we didn't know how big or small or anything sort of operation they had over yeah. there compared to here. Um, so then I ended up speaking to him just through it, and obviously then he knew obviously who William was and stuff like that. So then they kind of offered me a job doing sales more or uh-huh. less. Yep. Because then I later obviously found out that they they weren't big in the US compared to what they are here. Here, yep. So they basically needed somebody to go out and try and get their name mm-hmm. out there a wee bit. Um, so then I've just done that for uh, only really like a year before like there was a bunch of changes and all that. To, uh-huh. But they set up and then that. Basically I worked there, then worked at another group that was owned by Kinshofer, which was the company that owns Augertorp. So they made some changes and ended up rolling Auger Talk into another company, which is called Soulsby's. Which is on your jumper. my jacket, <laughs> still. And basically moved to Atlanta, because they were based in Atlanta, which is not too far from Memphis, um, to work at their place. Because they, they were a much bigger setup. Like, they actually, their US company, like, they have a factory. Yeah, so um, what does Soulsby's actually do? Because obviously we know what Auger Talk produces, because that is our bread and butter, I guess, here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so what did Soulsby's <coughs> So they were bought by Kinshofer not that long ago either. So I think Kinshofer were trying to get more into the US. Okay. Um, so, and Soulsby's was started by basically Mr. Soulsby's, who wasn't there when I got there. Um, but their main thing was thumbs, which you don't even really get here. So, um, m- no, I would say 90% of machines in the US have a thumb on them. Oh, which okay. When Instead of just having your normal digging bucket. So why? It's basically where... And I guess you could put some graphics in if you're getting <laughs> yeah, fancy. Uh-huh, yep. But the... It basically, turn, basically makes your machine into a grab. So when your normal digging bucket just goes like this, uh-huh. and obviously you would yep, dig. Yep. Then your thumb would go here like a thumb. Oh, right, okay. So that welds on, and then you have like a... Some of them are just fixed like that. So your your bucket would just pull against it and you can pick things up. Okay. And, and does the thumb go onto the bucket or goes onto the... It goes onto hip? like this side of the dipper. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So facing you. So your digging bucket would be here. Your thumb would sit up like this when yep. it was stored away. Mm-hmm. And then most of them are hydraulic that it would come down and it would just... It basically make you a grab. Uh-huh. And everybody has them. Okay. Because, I mean, they're quite cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are handy. Like, uh, so that was Soulsby's... That was what started them. Right, okay. Um, so they, and they would sell mostly big, like, Kamatsu dealerships and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yep. like, a Kamatsu would, their dealership might say only buy firms for Soulsby's. So they'll get machines in mm-hmm. bare, like they would here, and maybe just hit, like, a bucket. Yeah. And then they would buy all their firms for somebody. Mm-hmm. So that they do a lot of other stuff now, like skid steer stuff and all that. But thumbs is their main. The thumb. Just going back to that, because as I we kind of spoke before, like the whole reason you're doing this podcast is to find out things and learn and things. Can the thumb work independently without the bucket? Can you do anything with it? You wouldn't really be much use. Aye. But what people do is you can obviously your bucket's on there ninety percent of the time. Uh-huh. But folk will get like a rake mm-hmm. instead of a bucket. Okay. The which is like just some instead of for digging it's for raking and it'll have just times times yep yep so what's and that's something Soulsby's would again make would be because if somebody's in forestry or land clearing or something they might just use a rake and a thumb all the time oh, yeah, for uh-huh. just moving brush or loading yeah. trucks or loading fires it just, like another grab it's I just guess a grab, it? yeah, yeah, but okay. it's a lot cheaper because it doesn't rotate mm-hmm. so it's just your rake take place as your bucket which mm-hmm. rakes are cheap Okay. And then thumbs are fairly cheap because mm-hmm. there's nothing much to them. Instead of buying a full rotating grab that yeah. you don't maybe need as much. Um, and then it's basically plug and play, yeah. more or less. Uh, so I, there is, I mean, th- thumbs and rakes would be the most thing, but mm-hmm. like I say, most of the time, your thumb and bucket essentially would do the same thing. You could just do it with the bucket. Yeah, uh-huh. But that's what I'm saying. If people... people like, nobody really has them here. You can get them. People do make them, but, yeah. like, everybody has them there. For, uh, it's and standard. I, don't, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I could imagine, like, if you're just digging something out and there's a big rock, and it's like, well, it's easy just to then grab it, move it out of the way, and yeah. then go back to digging. 100%, If you've yeah. got the thumb there. 
But just going back to your saying about like having a rotation on it, this seems to be here anyway. That we found a lot of people is now like you're saying your the thumbs is standard. Everybody's wanting rotation, like either like a rotel, yeah, a tilt, rotate, um, a full yeah, tilt, yeah, steel wrist, knocks, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, is definitely becoming the well, thing to have. Is that the same in America? Well, it's probably slowly but surely. I would, <clears throat> I would say so. We, and dad, anytime we would go over to Florida, like to visit, is it obviously dad would just be looking at like what did he yeah. use and that, mm-hmm. and like that's what. And we were young, so I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. Then, but he would be like, "Oh, they're way behind compared to here." Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, probably we are a wee bit behind here compared to some other places in yeah. Europe. But they're like. The, and, and and thumbs probably sum that up to be fair because it's about the simplest thing you could get. Yeah, uh-huh. And that's what everybody wants, just bucket and thumb. Yeah. So like, and that's like about the height of it. But it is way more, uh, it's way more popular now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still probably, probably nowhere near the level that it is here. Yeah. But you see them at, at all the trade shows and all this stuff like that, like the four main ones, like you said there, they, the, those booths, are, I would say the most popular ones uh-huh. to go to because they'll have like a wee demo area set up, and those and like they'll have way more people than anybody else mm-hmm. just watching. Yep. And that uh, it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. I would I would say. Yeah. So yeah. going back to obviously we're talking about like what Soulsby's sort of done. So you, yep, we spoke to James at Auger Torque, um, and then you're working with Auger Torque in sales, and then, yep. um, Ken Sofer came in and has taken over, um. And then you're working for Soulsby's. What's yeah. what's going on there then? Well, aye. So <clears throat> that was like a two-part thing. So in, instead, Ken, I think Ken Hoffer basically decided instead of having two separate companies, Auger Torque USA and Soulsby's, and they were in like the same building and sort of working together, but no, I hadn't, like it was easier just to make it just one big yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So then instead of being employed by Auger Torque, then I was employed by Soulsby's. Okay. So that... And then well, they, they wanted to make some changes to I push some other stuff, um, which <laughs> kind of started to happen. I started getting a lot of training on, on some some of the other stuff that Ken's offered me. Yeah. That they wanted to, I think, uh, try and get Soulsby's to start pushing because, like I said, they have good contacts or mm-hmm. good relationships with big dealerships yeah. and stuff like that. So it was like if we can start offering, that's a whole thing within the group is like they've there's so many they make so many different things like yeah. why can they they were, I think we're trying to do a better job of well let's use that and instead of you just selling these people thumbs like can you push them some other Something stuff? Something else, yeah. Uh huh. So then I started getting some training on the knocks, which is a tilt rotator, and then some other bits and pieces. All at the same time as basically I moved to Atlanta to work in their office and then to <clears throat> I actually ended up taking over another engineer that they had left so I could move a bit more into engineering, engineering which yeah. was what obviously I wanted to do. Yep. And just help out with because they are actually like Augertort was more or less just a distributor buying stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um whereas Soulsby's were building Belt, stuff yeah. which was way better. Which um, I could ask any interest in. Yeah, yeah, and helping with, like... They had another two, basically, guys there that were more doing all the designs and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, then I, I just... Be, it ended up being... Before I left there, it ended up being, like, a load of different things, yeah. which was quite good. Um, I sort of overview an overview of everything. So, uh-huh. Yeah, I and know, to, And I, I think that's what they maybe noticed that I was quite... Like, I wasn't a... I wouldn't just like sit there and like, he would say like, do this or right, we need you to do this. Like obviously I would do that, but then I would always be like, like asking different things about it. Or or just kind of think they notice like for the outside looking in, like a wee bit like, wait, why did these people know, like buy this for us? Because we can get it. Mm -hmm. Or like just wee things like that. So then they thought, I think they thought, well, I, I'd be quite a good person to start to learn all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so then I just became a big mix of doing loads of different, different stuff, which yeah. was the bit, probably one of the best things that ever happened, to be fair. Well, I think definitely in your position now, where we'll obviously get to, I think having that oversight 
oh. of different elements of a business, yeah. and especially a business that's just taken over or been taken over. I think that's a good thing yeah, to and see then, well, and be a part of. Yeah, and then it, like because you would see the whole, you would see the other whole side of it for like from say, but William or you would see your dad be like you, you would see obviously the customer facing side uh-huh. you like try to buy and the, the which is an com- interesting process uh, the complaints <laughs> say like why mm-hmm. do they not have these things yep. or why does it take so long all these different stuff yep. and, but then I would see the other side like well this is why so uh-huh. a lot of times like William would sort of no be asking like no like spilling information uh-huh. but being like well here's why mm-hmm. and he, like just because of the way this is set up or or I uh, just to see both, both sides. sides yeah. I think so. Like even, uh, yeah, when you're in that sort of position of, you've seen how each sort of stage works, the whole process from, uh, yeah, from, from start to finish. Yeah, to how it goes out. You understand like where the delays could be, yeah. or where the complications can be, and I think it definitely makes you more informed. Yeah. For the customer facing part of it. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes like when you do know all of that, you're like, well, why? I know. And that's one thing that we all and people complain about it within the group, and obviously we <laughs> probably complain about it for outside. But like, mm-hmm. and that, they're trying, they always try and do things to fix it. But <clears throat> I would say that, and I, I mean I think they would tell you this, but like the the kids offer whole basically philosophy is like say they have ten companies in different countries that all own like they'll they'll buy one. A company and then just let it run, mm-hmm. kind of yeah, as yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. No point in changing no. it if, if it already works, which is fine. But then you end up with ten groups all working individually, and then again, I so if say we are buying from Soulsby's, and we are buying quite a lot of stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you see, so you and you know they're owned by a bigger group, and you see all their other stuff within the uh-huh. the catalogue, or but it's hard because everybody's independent it sometimes can be quite hard to to tap into like well can we can we get stuff from this other company that you's own yeah, yeah. like but in Germany like rather than if they just threw everything together but then obviously that has downsides as well because uh, mm-hmm. there's a, there is other people that are like that they've created one big massive mm-hmm. group that, that does everything yeah and people complain about that because they never have enough stuff and nobody's actually folk like the good thing about the way theirs is like auger talk are focused on auger talk. Yes. So they know exactly what they're doing. Whereas if you were to roll that up into everything, like you could probably slim down your team. You could, but then I think also then that area of expertise will go out the away. window. Yeah, you and it's hard to have one person that can do it. So yeah. So you might have uh, somebody focused on and that's that's I uh, I don't know, it's one of those things that I won't there's probably well, there's probably more than two ways of doing it, but the two ways of doing it is probably I have this group of companies and let them do their own thing. Yeah, uh-huh. Or no do that and do the opposite. But they both probably have downsides. No, definitely. Because as you obviously know and stuff, like we've obviously tried to get certain products from a certain certain uh, manufacturer um, who is basically I owns the group. Yeah. And, it, and we can't. And it... It's it's a bit it's annoying because there's definitely there's definitely a market there and we're no asking for the whole like no. access to the whole range. It's one particular product. And there's and hi and there's I mean within the group there's or that group. Yep. There's um there'll be there's almost no other attachments that you need. Mm-hmm. Like no. within the group, you could get almost everything you would ever need. Yep. Just from so and and I I've and I've been I had been saying that when I worked there and and they, everybody know like they they do agree but it's just the just kind of the way that it is yeah. and which but like I if you if if you could if they could maximize like if 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 one company within the group had a big customer and they could get them access to everything mm-hmm. like and well if everybody done that then everybody get a share you would of grow it yeah massively mm-hmm. yeah yeah but then I think. The other side of it is, well, Kent's offer it again as a group. For their, t- in terms of growth, like obviously they want everybody to grow, but they can also just go and buy another company and mm-hmm. then that's 
growth. Yeah. So that, and that's more their model, to be honest. And that's yes. I, like I said, it's just the model. It's just I, that is their model. Acquire not these other uh-huh. businesses, and that's just how they're going to grow. Yeah. Which, mm. I, like I say, and, and there's people, there's some in the US um, that uh, that are the opposite. Like they've made one big massive group, and but I people complain about it because it it does become quite messy, probably, in that you've got all these products and you need to have all this stock, and you need, like it, it it would be difficult, and that's yeah, there is definitely downsides mm-hmm. to. Yeah. To it, but that is <laughs> quite in the details. So you're in Atlanta, um, working for Soulsby's. The yeah. year is what? Twenty twenty. Uh, twenty twenty. Basically, COVID time, um, and then I into twenty twenty one. Basically, mm-hmm. so I had, <clears throat> and that's a whole other story. Is when it comes to visas, I had still a student visa at that point so when I finished uni in 2018 you can get what's called an OPT okay which is stands for optional practical training I think right. which everybody gets so as long as you graduate you get like a year okay and it's just to let you and well and basically when you're a student for another country like you're not allowed to earn money right while okay. you're there although the internships actually you can earn money because it's related to your degree. You can't just go and work at the shop. Right, okay. If you get yeah. like an mm-hmm. internship that's mm-hmm. and your inter- the rules are your your internship has to be related to your degree. degree yeah. Then you can get paid. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, I so I got the OPT for a year. So that was fine. So that would have been two thousand and eighteen, nineteen. And then with a science degree or a STEM degree, like mm-hmm. technology and yep. mathematics. You yep. you can get another uh, two year extension, so a oh, STEM okay. OPT. Uh-huh. So I've done that. Uh, I, I get based on if you've got a job mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So yep. you put you and the idea is again, I, a lot of people will have an internship for say their senior year at uni. Mm-hmm. So for your and you'll be working for them, and then they'll offer you a full time job, and you that would carry you through your OPT. Okay. Then. You, if I if they're all happy, then you would do your stem, and that would be another two years, and then by that time you can like they can sponsor you for whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's what most people do. Um, so then I would I done that, which again got me basically three years total since uni. Right. Okay. So I've yeah. Been working for three years, so that I, that would have been twenty eighteen to twenty one, and then they were. So well, they did go through the sponsorship uh like path yes for the what's called an h1b mm-hmm. which is so many numbers and letters uh, <laughs> and i uh, there's so <laughs> many uh but h1b and that's the route most people go mm-hmm. uh and h1bs are basically for s- specialized jobs that they have to fill out a big thing an application to show that like they need you rather than because of your specialised like skill set, uh, rather than just going hiring an American person, basically, okay, yep. because you you need to have like a specific yeah, skill. you need to prove yourself, yeah, really. Which again, but the reason it works, or works for most people, uh, well, it does actually work for most people because I think only there's only so many basically. So right, okay. if I think it's like only a third of the people maybe get them, but the reason it, it like should work, I suppose, is. If you, if you've done four years, if you've got a degree, so if you've got an engineering degree and your three years of work experience for that person specific to what they do, mm-hmm. it should be quite. Yeah, it like, should be favourable for uh, you. Yep, yep. But again, that doesn't really matter because it's numbers. Like it's that, aye, it's something like there's so many. There's like I say, there's a hundred thousand applicants every year, and there's maybe only thirty thousand H one Bs. Wow. Um, so I never got it okay. when they done it. Yep. Um. So there was only a, <laughs> a couple options for there. It was either uh, you can, well, and that's another thing. For for every level of education, you can you can basically, well, for one you get another OPT year. Okay. Um, so you could basically you could go back to uni and do uh-huh. a masters, yep. and that would get you a year or two to do your masters, then another year's OPT. Right. 
but then, then you're back again. in the same spot. Mm-hmm. But your H1B application is better if you've got a master's or a doctorate or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's like, again, say there's 100,000 people applying, but you go into a separate pool with people with that level. Yeah. <coughs> Which probably that pool's went is a bit smaller. Way smaller. Yeah, yeah. So the chances go way up. But you end up essentially back in the same spot yes. and then hoping that you get it. And then the other thing with all these type of visas is you're completely tied to who you work for. Of course. Um, yeah, so if so you if you got your H-1B with that company, to say Soulsby's, would you, is that only valid for the time you work with Soulsby's? So if you so then... It would be, I think it's, I think the thing is it's three years with a, a, like a renewal for another three years. I think it's six years. Okay. But aye, it's tied to them, more or less. I think you can roll them over to somebody else. Okay. But for what I've heard, it's like no good. Like, it's no, no easy. Because so then what happens, for example, if that company, say, went under? Uh, I don't know. Well, Most of the time, it's big company. It's yeah. like big companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. And, and and I don't know. Or if they even want to fire you or... I've, aye, it's... it's uh, that's a, a massive yeah, like, yeah. downside is you are a wee bit stuck and I know loads of people that and because they've done that for you because it costs a lot of money for them mm-hmm. to do it of course because they've done it for you then you obviously feel You're like you kind of have them. to stay yeah. um, so I, I know loads of people in that mm-hmm. situation yep. so like I mean it ended up probably actually not being the worst thing that mm-hmm. happened but at the time it wasn't obviously well good. of course because there was a lot of work went in, involved in things um so that, that was another thing. You could go back, do masters and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I mean, or you could just leave and come back home. Or, um, <laughs> and well, obviously m- most people, to be fair, don't really have the option that we had. But because we, I mean, there is other visas now out there. If you've, I mean, got hundreds of money. Of and course. you can do it, like, there's, there is options. But Can no. you pay for a visa? Like, just, like, if you had the money? Like, there's pay for your one, green card? Uh, no, for a green card, I don't think, but there's... Uh, I think so. Okay. Like, my... I think, and then, there, I mean, aye, there's loads of different ones, mm-hmm. but we also we spoke to a lawyer <coughs> that I knew in Florida, and he... And obviously, so if that was 2021, I guess we, or Anne, we started... The attachment company there mm-hmm. in nine, 2019, I think, um, which was I, it, even at that time, was essentially like the US side of what William was doing, yep. selling the stuff here. But it was all obviously set up in Anne's name because mm-hmm. she was already there. Yeah. Um, so when we spoke to the lawyer and told him basically that, he, that's what he, he was one that laid out the options more or less. Yes, uh-huh. And he looked at what we had, because at that time, it was nothing, it was tiny, obviously. And it was, it wasn't more, no much, like it was, uh, but it was a, like a registered LLC. Yes, and it uh-huh. was set up and it did have, like And what's income. an LLC? Because we don't have that here. Is it just a same? limited company, limited company, basically. Okay. Um, but again, all in Anne's name, because she's a resident. Um, so uh, he basically looked at everything and said there's a visa called an E2, mm-hmm. which is, I think, one of the things that we thought when we started it was we could some at some point, if it all went to plan, use it for, like, you and William. Okay. Or somebody uh-huh. yeah, yeah. to come out. Um, probably know me because I was already there. Yeah. And had, like... <laughs> but when he looked at everything, he said that there's an E2 you can get, which involves, like, I... It's based on the business and uh, basically it, you would be investing in a business and in the economy I suppose yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um, so and it doesn't obviously we, the thing that made it weird and not obviously illegal but just weird was that like it was our family yeah that, uh-huh. like a family both member. with the same surname yeah 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 but she, I mean, it was all by the. It was all yeah, yeah, completely uh-huh. fine, uh-huh. and there was nothing. Ten, like, there was nothing that obviously prevented it. It no, was no. just, like, on paper, I was buying it from Anne. Yep. And then you have to present them with like a whole plan, 
because it's a five-year visa on how you're going to like grow it and, yes. and hire people and what you're going to do. So, but I, he by looking at the numbers and he had done the immigration lawyer, like he had done a lot of them for other folks. So yeah. he had experience doing them. Was quite confident that this confident would... and mm-hmm. the only thing that I think that was a concern was that it was so small. Yes. Um. And. Aye, but. But a fairly new company, though. So. I don't know if that's good. I I don't know if that's good or bad because they would almost rather you buy something a million dollars. Yeah. Than buy something at like fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um. But obviously, it's easier in a sense for us because the growth is way easier. Yeah. But I, it would definitely be because the idea is that like, if you, if somebody, if a business comes up in the US and maybe you're in the UK. And it, you want to buy it, say, well, then I, that's what it's there for because you can buy it and you can help grow a, grow yeah. a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're adding to their economy, uh-huh. growing theirs. So, and it all, it makes sense actually. The, the application was a nightmare, but like you can see where it all comes to, like, it makes a uh-huh. whole load of sense. It's just uh, a lot of detail. Yeah, a lot. Um, so, obviously, that was accepted and. You're now yep. the proud owner of the attachment company, LLC. Yeah. Um, you're in Atlanta, but you're obviously currently in Denver. So yep. why Denver and how did you get there? Um, so I, at that whole time, um, that was, well, during COVID and then af- towards the end of it, because COVID in Atlanta, well, where we were in Georgia didn't really. Oh, okay affect that much I've been fairly lucky to have visited Andrew and places he's been but Atlanta we've not we never uh, we nobody never came out no. well it was because it was all I moved COVID. in right at the start and then yeah. left like right at the end but it wasn't in the city and that it was a bit more strict but like out where we were which is like 45 minutes away like okay it, it was, like the suburbs uh, it was way less strict like and then and again, nothing that wasn't true, but like technically Salisbury's would have been an essential business yes. and supply and mm-hmm. construction stuff mm-hmm. and that. Um, so it never really affected it that much. Uh-huh. Um, but I basically, I, it was like if when the, the, the whole, and the whole visa thing uh, obviously takes forever. Yeah. So and I can't even mind the actual, like, details of when we applied but the, the whole time as long as we say my OPT that I was on it was up in say like the May and you do you get like a 60 day period to either enroll like enroll in uni again mm-hmm. or at least I think the rules are at least if you have an application in process you can still stay after that uh-huh. but that 60 day basically gives you time to figure out what you're doing mm-hmm. or leave so it was like we had the application in in that grace period but then so say that it's like June or July the complete time to wait time to then hear if you get it like mm-hmm. you legally can't do anything yeah so you can't work for anybody you can't but you can stay mm-hmm. you can stay there but the other thing is you and you can leave but if you leave then you've no visa so you so can't get back in you can't get back in oh. and then if you don't get it well then you're stuck here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and if you do get it, there's something to do with... You could have done that, but if, there was... I don't know. But anyway, so I stayed while it was all waiting. And uh-huh, I can't yeah, mind. I think it was... If we done it, and we paid extra to get it, like, expedited, and if it was, say, we started in, like, the June, it never came through, I think, till like, the October... Or maybe it was before that, maybe the September. It was months anyway. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but in that meantime, like, we, I mean, I, we started doing bits and pieces and whatever. Uh-huh. Just no legally, technically. Um, or, like, obviously, you're not receiving any money, you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm, but, yep. Uh, and then I was doing bits and pieces, like, helping William. Um, and then, like, I'd done a wee bit of travelling and stuff like that. And then... During that time, uh, well, I'd been to Denver before, like a couple times, okay. just to visit. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends 
uh, that played football in uni in Memphis, that was still in Memphis. Me and him and her two other folk went out to go like a snowboarding trip just for like a long weekend. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And then he he had basically said at that time like he wanted to move away from Memphis, and his sister lived there and whatever, and we were there at the time. And he's like, "Would you move like if you if you had the chance type thing, and uh -huh. we could like both move?" But at that time, I had no, no visa, so I was like, if it, if it all works itself out, then yeah. aye. Uh -huh. So that was kind of the thing that I was waiting on, just sitting like, if it comes, then we'll just go. Because mm -hmm. there's nothing tying us and There's nothing to tying to Atlanta. Because yep. I was leaving Salisbury's, I would have been leaving them anyway. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, so it was like, I've just sat and waiting, waiting. Uh, and then I basically, as soon as we got notified that it was good, then I basically packed up because at that point, even like with the business, didn't have a warehouse or anything. It just was using like a fulfillment. Okay, yeah, yeah. So there was nothing of note. The business didn't have anything. Yeah, there was not an actual stock. location. You could no, go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Had some stock, like had a website and that was it. Yes. So it wasn't like we had an office. So it was like, mm -hmm. if we moved somewhere, you could actually start and like we can look for a a space to work. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so I that that was kinda it. I just always kinda liked it. Um and then I just when it all got approved then just moved out there. Mm -hmm. And I it was it was quite good because it was quite a good time to like literally just start like moving out there in general was like was like a big thing. Oh of course. It didn't really feel like actually what well, it did, but like you kinda just it was just so I don't know. It would just happened, it felt like. But then it was like four years of uni, like a few years of working. And you kind of like, you know what, you know how it goes? Like you end up, you sort of just end up in places like sometimes, like you maybe get a job or... It was like a just a new start. Start, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And, and see, to be honest, like, and it, it was something that the, the immigration lawyer had said. And I, what I say, I kind of knew it in my head that like because I had never really well obviously when you're at uni and that you start to work maybe in the summers and that and mm -hmm. and a lot of engineering jobs like I mean they're just office jobs most of them uh -huh. sitting at a computer which if you're doing something like that you really like or like but a lot there is a lot of engineering jobs that are hand, more hands, hands on, on yeah, uh -huh. and Salisbury's was a bit of both which was good and the uh, like the boss basically I got on really well with but like I don't know there was something that like I kind of always knew I didn't want to just work for somebody else yeah, uh -huh. the whole time uh, and I mean as you know like I mean everybody in our family on one side of the family basically works for themselves yeah, uh -huh. doing different bits and pieces have you ever worked for anybody like other than your internships? Uh, internships? Have you that ever? Well, the three years basically between all the talk and souls uh -huh. would have been but, it. Been it, okay. Because um, like, when William graduated for uni, I remember thinking when he was he applied for some jobs like different web. I, I couldn't think, imagine. I couldn't that. imagine working like for some. At that point, I was like, I don't think William can go and no. do that. And that's where I was at. Like I did enjoy. Like it was weird at the start and that and like again I was young like you know, I never really had any jobs so I didn't really know mm -hmm. but it just kind of got to the stage and I you're getting a wee bit older you start to like learn things and that and you're you're seeing and then again because technically you're seeing both sides of what William's doing here mm -hmm. what we started doing there which in, in a weird roundabout way is like almost me selling stuff to well him mm -hmm. like and just doing yeah, it yeah. from start to finish, seeing it, and you're like, mm -hmm. we, I, I can, we can do this. Like I know, like I know we can do it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I was just like, there was something in like, the back of my head that I was like, I, I knew I was like weirdly never gonna just have a job like, yeah. forever. So and uh, that's what I was saying. The, the lawyer said that when we spoke to him was like, with the two options we're going back to uni or doing the E2 thing mm -hmm. was like uh, if you 
he said if you see yourself like working for somebody else more or less uh-huh. and, and getting like if you go back and do a, a masters of engineering and then you get some more work experience like you'll obviously get a really high paying job yes. and probably for like a bigger company and earn a load of money uh-huh. but you'll be in like the corporate yeah, uh-huh. world yeah, yeah. it's like if you want to do that and earn, a, earn money and work your way up that ladder like mm-hmm. go back to uni yeah uh-huh. if you don't and I think him maybe even knowing a wee bit of Anne and what she does and that, and I was like, but if you ever see yourself like working for yourself, mm-hmm. then go for the well, E2. Yep. Like he basically said that. And when he said that, when I heard that, I was like, well, we're, we're going to go way. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it was like, I was really lucky to have that option. Yeah. And that's just through our family and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, Aye, I just, I had a feeling basically that, that it was going to, yeah, yeah. and then again, if you if you move somewhere like, I you, you kind of after uni and a lot of people obviously you get offered a job that you maybe move to somewhere, and then you, maybe that job changes or whatever, and you meet somebody and you move to somewhere else, and mm-hmm. you you never really like sit down and be like right where do I want to, where's the like, because by this point, I've been there for long enough. Like, I've been to hundreds of different places, playing football, yep. on holidays. And it's like, like, where's the best place I've been? And, like, why not just move there and try and uh-huh. start there rather than starting somewhere that I've just ended up mm-hmm. here. And then if you start there, like, you're never probably going to... Like, now, I'm, now we're set up in Denver, like, it would be so hard to move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why not just start, like, new somewhere that I want to be, more or less? Yeah, uh-huh. And then, obviously, it just worked in with... Uh, Especially when you didn't have any, like, you could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think definitely going to a place that you enjoy, like, for mm-hmm. those of you that, if you don't know Denver or Colorado, I was only there for the first time at the beginning of the year. Like, it's amazing during the winter. You snowboard. Yep. Andrew, your flatmate, snowboards. So there's that interest, and then during the summer, I can only imagine that it'll yeah. be great for yeah, everything, like everything. so uh-huh. much stuff. Like, and you've got the best of both worlds, like downtown, like Denver, like city, like Rockies in the back. Like, oh, it's it's a fabulous place. Yeah, and um, that's why I, there's so many like younger people move moving to places like yeah, that. Yeah, uh-huh. especially after COVID and even during COVID and all that. But so I that just kind of I had a. And it was it was similar to how going over in the first place. Like mm-hmm. I remember, mum and dad sort of after we spoke to the people and we had the offers and that. It was like mum and dad. I remember asking like, "Do you actually like really want to do it?" Uh-huh. And it never even felt like a massive thing. It was just like, "Well, we'll go and try go it. Go and try it. If it doesn't work, like, well, what you can always come back." Basically, yeah. was my thought. But what you've just said there in terms of that, like with your mum and dad asking you you want to do this like hey, let's go and try it it's now 10 years later the same thing it's still like applies the same thing. And if anything it, if anything it probably felt like more of a bigger thing because you're a bit older than that and you're kind of like well if it doesn't the risk work like, and stuff and yeah, it's like definitely. money wise and that you're not going to earn much money and I came for like a decent enough paying job and like you, if anything it was harder yeah and even though you're only moving I say only but you're moving to a new city in mm-hmm. the same country yeah. like it's no it's a big move, but it's not that big a move. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it was just like, I don't know. It was just, I, it just felt like it would work. I don't know. I think it's, so, and I think definitely. I think you need to, I, go and try these things, and as you say, if it doesn't work, well, you'll just move somewhere else. But it's maybe a slightly bit difficult. Not difficult, but now that you're set up. Yeah. It would be a wee bit harder I'm to move. Some from yeah, yeah. Now, from, from now. now. But, that's, uh, that's but I think you've chosen a good... Well, uh-huh. this is me saying this, but I think you've chosen a good location now yeah. and, I think so, and things are working out. In terms of, I think it, with the business and that, like it, it was... Like it would... If it was going to work, if, if we were going to make it work, like you, could, you could make it work whatever. 